Hello, what is up, audience fam? You guys see what I did there? I, I smushed together podcast and audience to be audience. I don't, I don't know. I, I felt like it was a good idea, but maybe it's not. But regardless, if that was a good idea, hello, welcome to episode twenty-two of the Yours Truly podcast. I'm so glad you're here. So glad you decided to come back, regardless of how odd I am. If you're a returning listener, if you're a new listener, so happy to have you here in the community. To have you listening to the Yours Truly podcast. So today's episode is a really special and unique one because it's the first episode that I was able to interview my guest in person and not just via video chat. You'll hear Jenna and I talk about how kind of weird and surreal the experience was to be having what was like a normal conversation, but to be recording it. So it was it was definitely kind of funky, but it was a lot of fun. And I'm super excited to introduce today's guest to all of you, to this platform. So today's guest, her name is Dr. Jenna Montana. Jenna and I were lucky enough to be able to connect over our favorite platform, which is Instagram. It's the, the great connecting network that I've been using so much recently, but she sent me a DM a couple months ago and she's like, oh my gosh, like we have to meet up. And I was like, yes, we do. Uh, she's hilarious. She's quirky. She's funny. And she's so knowledgeable in her field of functional medicine. So a little bit about Jenna. She is Dr. Jenna Montana, I should say. She's the owner of Cultivate Wellness. She's a functional medicine practitioner. And Jenna has her doctorate of chiropractic and masters of nutrition and human performance, which pretty much makes her the coolest person ever. She uses regimens like acupuncture, nutritional supplements, dietary changes, herbal medicine, chiropractic regimens, all these things with her clients to really give them the full experience of getting to know a healthcare professional who really cares for them and really wants to get to know them and help them best pursue and achieve their health and wellness goals. So Jenna, it was an absolute blast and honor to connect with you. Towards the end of the episode, we talk about how to find Jenna's information to get in contact with her. If you are local here in Roanoke, I would highly encourage you to reach out to her and pursue some of her services. If you're not local to Roanoke, which is like totally fine, I don't expect everyone to live in the same geographic location, although that would be really cool if we could all hang out in person. But if you're not here in Roanoke, I really encourage you to follow her on social media like we talk about towards the end of the episode. All of her stuff is very funny, it's very educational, it's very informative, and I learn a ton from being one of her fangirls. And I know that you guys will learn so much from her today on this episode, so I hope that you enjoy. I hope that you eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich today, if you're not allergic, of course. And I hope that you'll leave us a rating and review here on the Yours Truly podcast to let us know what you're learning, let us know how much you like to to hear from me um, every week, and we will talk soon. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Yours Truly Podcast. I'm your host, Claire Tuning, a peanut butter and jelly enthusiast turned registered dietitian, yoga teacher, nutrition coach, and entrepreneur. I believe that happiness and health comes from the ability to truly nourish, see what I did there? Your mind, your body, and your spirit through food, movement, and relationships. That's what this podcast is all about. Together, we'll learn to eat gently, move freely, love fiercely, and probably make a ton of puns along the way. So join me and my stellar squad of guests to learn the tools that you need to break free from a world of diet culture and negativity to fully, gently, and mindfully step into your own source of power. Yours truly, Claire. Here we go. 
Joining me for episode 22, this is very weird if you guys can see what we're doing right now, I actually have today's guest, Dr. Jenna Montana, sitting right across from me. This is, it's odd because whenever I do podcasts, normally I am sitting in front of my computer and I have the guest on the computer screen through Zoom or some other web chat device, but um, Jenna is local. We both live in Roanoke, Virginia. She's a little bit newer to the area than Claire, born and raised over here, but I was lucky enough to have been connected with her through our good pal Instagram uh, not too long ago, and I am super excited to have her on here to share her message with you guys. So Jenna, good morning. Welcome. Good morning. Yes. Tell us a little bit about what you do, who you are. Okay. Uh, My name is Jenna Montana. Um, You can call me Jenna. You don't have to call me doctor, but I thought it was nice for introduction purposes. Thank you so much, Claire. You are so welcome. Um, So I was born and raised in Florida, went to UCF, University of Central Florida, go Knights. Not sure if you're a college football fan, but... I am not, but it's okay. Uh, yeah, you know, honestly, um, when you go to UCF, like when you when I did, um, you're... It's not... It wasn't a beautiful moment for the school uh, athletically. But we are undefeated last season and into this season, which is like unprecedented. Okay. So we're feeling pretty cool about ourselves. Just had to lab about that for a second. Um, so I got my bachelor's in exercise science mm-hmm. uh, because the school I went to didn't have a nutrition program. So I so kind good. of made some lemonade out of lemons, if you will. Um, I got a minor in psychology because I started out with a major in psychology. I love people. Um, I love talking to people, understanding where they come from when they arrive at any particular situation that may be traumatic or um, challenging to them. So that was something that really drove my um, process in formulating a career. I kind of like pieced together like a Franken degree from all of the, you know, I did, I studied psychology for a little bit. I did um, like clinical sciences, which is kind of just like a degree that sets you up to go to some type of professional school, had no idea where I wanted to go. Um, I wanted to be an RD uh, for a little bit, and then I realized I don't like telling, having people tell me what to do. So I realized that part of the didactic program as a registered dietitian does require some clinical work, maybe promoting dietary principles that you might not agree with. Yep. Uh-huh. Um, so that freaked me out a little bit. I thought uh-huh. it might be a little unhappy. And I'd had a background with a family friend who was actually a personal trainer. And she introduced to me like ancestral nutritional principles, which was the early name for paleo. Mm -hmm. So, um, she taught me a lot about that style of nutrition, which was not mainstream at all at the time. This was about 2010. So paleo was just gaining some ground. Um, so I had that background. I knew I didn't There was no way I was going to be able to preach, you know, a paleo lifestyle or paleo diet to someone in a hospital because it's just not, that's not where we're at yet institutionally. And, um, I was kind of lost because I liked movement, but I didn't want to be a professional exercise scientist, if you will. Um, so I started looking into masters in nutrition programs, you know, and I, I was kind of like, well, I have to do something in nutrition. I love nutrition. What can I do? So, um, I ended up finding a chiropractic school that was offering a master's in nutrition. And, um, 
I took a chance. I took a total leap. Like, um, I, I shadowed a few chiropractors and saw what their day-to-day life was like. And, um, I had that master's in nutrition just always kind of hanging over my head. Like, okay, well, that's a cool quality of life for those doctors, but they're not tying in a lot of nutrition. And I think I would like to tie in a lot more nutrition. So, um, that's what I do. I am a doctor of chiropractic, but I have my master's degree in nutrition and I practice what's known as functional medicine. And functional medicine is a practice open to uh, doctors of osteopathy, medical doctors, doctors of chiropractic, nurse practitioners, um, RDs, and some dentists. Um, It really depends where you get your certification. So generally, um, you have to be a healthcare practitioner. um, And I went through the Institute for Functional Medicine. So they um, are one of the bigger groups that are certifying people. And, um, it's, it's about a two to six year process, depending on, um, how fast you want to get it done and what your level of commitment is or what have you. But it's, it's, uh, a really interesting kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like how you kind of described it. I've never heard someone use the word Franken describing <laughs> a degree, kind of like a Franken degree. I, I knew what I wanted and I knew what I liked, but I also knew what I didn't like right. and what I did it vibe with. So you took these different pieces <laughs> and you made what you are today yes. and what it sounds like kind of an unconventional route because exactly like what you said, I'm a dietitian, and to get to this place of being a dietitian, it's very regimented. And you do a very um, standard set of things in your classes, in your didactic program afterwards, and in the internship, everything is very structured. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of ways, that's very good. But Mm -hmm. if you know from the start, hey, I like nutrition, but I kind of want to take it in a different way and do my own thing, um, that's a a great way to go about it. So I know when I first met Jenna, well, for everyone listening, I'll kind of paint you this picture of what our first meeting was like. So we were messaging each other on Instagram. We were like, let's just meet IRL as the kids say in real life Um, let's meet in person so we met at this local co-op which is like a really just crunchy food store and we were sitting there um, with these salads you know as nutrition geeks would do with all these goodies on top and it's kind of like one of those meals that is hard to have a conversation over because when you're eating a salad you kind of feel like a cow in a field grazing Um, but we were trying to munch over eating our salad and I remember one of my first questions for her because I've always heard of functional medicine and from what I know about it in my limited scope of knowledge I think it's cool I think it's awesome but I didn't really know exactly what that entailed what they treated what their day-to-day life for lack of a better term would look like so why don't you give everyone the DL the inside (laughs) scoop on what a functional medicine practitioner does on the daily yes great question so um a functional medicine practitioner um, sees a lot of individuals with chronic conditions. So what we get is every physician's problem child. <laughs> they have gone from doctor to doctor with a less than ideal outcome. And um, the thing about functional medicine that I think is uh, maybe lost on a lot of people or misunderstood 
is that it um, isn't real science. It isn't real medicine. So um, functional medicine's actually been around for decades. It just has gone through metamorphoses, if you will. So like probably the original functional medicine doctor was like a traditional Chinese medicine doctor that asked you all of these elements about your lifestyle. You know, how do you sleep? How do you poop? How, uh, for women, what are your periods like? Um, and even if you came in with a, um, you know, with a, with the sniffles, you were going to get that full litany of questions yeah. because they understood there is an underlying root cause to your chronic colds or your stomach issues or the fact that you can't sleep. So let's unpack that. Let's get to the root. And um, you'll see in a traditional functional medicine practice a very long appointment time, which is really kind of a great representation of what we're doing. We are here to meet the patient, know the patient, and understand the patient. So uh, what I love about the Institute for Functional Medicine is they have this awesome timeline. You print out this piece of paper, it has this arrow running from left to right, and you track the patient's life up to when they're in your office that day. Oh, that's cool. And all the symptoms they have today, and then if you got to go back to when they were three years old and had ear tubes put in because they had chronic ear infections, and then you trace it today to how they have IBS, that's that's what you do. And it it's not only visually really impactful for the patient, but to have a physician that knows you to that depth, you know, we have our pediatricians as kids, and then we go on to get our adult doctor, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, and then we have, as women, you know, our gynecologist. And so it's like, We've compartmentalized all of these, these are health problems when maybe they should be under one umbrella before we start special, like sending you to a specialist, you know, mm-hmm. and, and meeting with that physician to understand your whole health history and find what information is relevant and maybe what isn't um, super important right now, or, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, we resolve that issue. Um, so other names that functional medicine goes by is like holistic medicine. Um, what else? Uh, integrative medicine, because we're kind of integrating nutrition. We're integrating other certifications we may have. Like myself, I do acupuncture. So I integrate some, uh, Eastern medicine practices with my Western medicine practices and then a little nutrition on top, you know? So it's, um, very integrative, I guess, would be the other, the other great word that people use. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So that is uh, something that I've always wanted to clear up about functional medicine. I mm-hmm. think um, people say it's not science, and that's totally false because we have years and years of evidence to substantiate how we treat people. Right, right. I remember <laughs> um, the first time... <laughs> oh, pop attack. <laughs> yes, it's coming. <laughs> Um, I remember the first time that we met when you kind of gave me the DL, maybe not as in-depth as you just did, which thank you for that. I love that description. Um, One of the first things I said to you as a response was, I feel like our society nowadays, um, everything you just said, we may act in a way where we're a little bit closed off to things that, like you said, aren't 
quote-unquote science. Like there is no exact maybe research study for this one thing that you talk about with your patient as we know it today in our world, but if we date back however many years ago and we look at the way um, we treated for medical problems mm -hmm. or we used medicine years and years and years ago, mm -hmm. this was actually the way that it was. So yes, it may be new, to us now, it may sound like a new idea, but actually it dates way back um, before any of us were even here. I mean, would you agree it's actually old but new at the same time? Yes, and that's actually kind of what I, I put on these little, like, brochures I give people is, like, it's just an old, an age-old practice with a brand new name. And, yeah. like, that really resonated with me because it's time-trusted principles. It's something, you know... The word doctor translates to docere, which is to, to teach. So like not to treat, not to heal, but just to teach. So in that hour and a half, to, I even know some functional medicine practitioners doing two hour new patient appointments, they're teaching, they're learning about their patient and teaching back to them the different um, lifestyle factors that may be contributing to their current problem and how to optimize their lifestyle so that they do not fall ill as frequently or their body, they can bolster their body to fight off illness better. Mm -hmm. um, and there are some functional medicine practitioners that have the capability to write prescription drugs and they use that capability and they intertwine nutrition. They intertwine some of these conservative um, approaches that aren't, you know, invasive and they get wonderful results, you know? So I'm not anti-drug. I'm not anti-conventional mainstream medicine. I think it's totally necessary and it has its place. But we have specialized as a as a industry or a healthcare industry in um, immediate emergency care. We do amazing things when people are in life or death situations. We give life-saving surgeries and we prevent... Um, infectious disease like it's nobody's business, but we haven't really figured out the chronic long-standing condition problem, right. you know? Yeah, it's almost like everyone know, or I won't say everyone, but the medical field knows what to do when someone comes to you in crisis, like I yes. just had this heart attack or yes. I just had a stroke or now I have type two diabetes, whatever it is. And that problem, it's well known how to handle that now. And like mm -hmm. you said, we're very good at it, but why didn't we maybe start 20 years ago or why wasn't there some conversation with someone like yourself with a long chart that dates back everything years and years ago to yeah. figure out how can we teach you? Um, I had no idea that the word doctor actually meant to teach in yeah. the root, which is very cool. Um, what can we do to teach you now the tools to grow, build, foster a healthy life so that hopefully, of course, not everything can be prevented, mm -hmm. but hopefully... 20 years down the road, you won't be faced with that emergency situation. And I think for, for the nutrition field as well, like obviously you said you're not against, you know, drugs or using prescription medication if that's what's needed. Same thing goes for me being a dietitian. Like some people would view a quote non-diet dietitian and say, well, how can you be against diets in the sense of medical nutrition therapy. Yeah. My answer is I'm not because if someone is in a hospitalized state, they need a low protein diet or mm -hmm. they need a carbohydrate controlled diet for yeah. their survival. Mm -hmm. Of course, nothing wrong with that. And that's what we move forward with. But what can we look at 
before that happens to teach you a way to round things out and to just teach you about different foods and what different foods do for your body so that eventually, hopefully, maybe you won't be in that place. Um, So I love what you do and I love how it kind of sounds like to me one of my taglines or something I always say is you can't separate different pieces of your life into different buckets is what I call them, right? Because yes. if if one thing overflows in one bucket, what's going to happen? It's going to get all the other buckets wet yeah. and then life gets messy. So it sounds like how I would characterize it from an outsider's perspective or someone who doesn't know a ton about functional medicine. I'm still learning. Um, But the maybe traditional routes of medicine maybe try or I don't know if it's, you know, a money issue or a time issue. Um, Everything is kind of viewed as different buckets um, where it's we're treating a condition, we're putting a Band-Aid on this, we're doing this, whereas you, in this realm of functional medicine, it's everything is the same bucket and we're going to try a bunch of different questions, different modalities to get back to what is the root cause of the hole in your bucket rather than just patching it. Is that like a good analogy? Yes, I love it. So like it's funny, uh, I was thinking about this Uh, on my drive here because like I knew it was going to come up like what is functional medicine it's so hard to like talk about how awesome functional medicine is without sounding really like pretentious like Mm -hmm. well it's the way medicine should be practiced (laughs) (laughs) but like it's just it's it's and there are people that are functional medicine practitioners that will say it's just good medicine like it's just good practices it's nothing special or whatever that you have to go learn, it's just being good. And like, um, you know, I, I think functional medicine is really helpful with, uh, teaching people that you can't compartmentalize these things. The body is a whole working unit and you, what happens upstream is bound to make its way downstream. So like, um, everything is connected and then you start to get into like this metaphysical realm where it's like even your thoughts dictate your health (laughs) and never you know like um so it's it it can verge on a little fringe uh yeah kind of thinking so we have to rein ourselves in but um yeah I think that's a really good way to describe what functional medicine is doing by helping people see all of their buckets (laughs) and just throw them in a big pool, uh, in a sense, but that's not to say that certain functional medicine docs don't love treating certain conditions. Right. right? So right, like, yeah. you know, I'm a big hormone centric kind of practitioner. Um, I see a lot of women, um, that may just be what I'm like putting out into the universe. Mm-hmm. Like send me women <laughs> because <laughs> I was them at one point or I had my own, um, hunt for doctor after doctor to solve my own health problem Mm -hmm. that was hormonally based. And, um, you know, so that's, that's what's been put in my path to, to help. And I love it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love learning about neurological disorders and I love learning about gut and I love learning about, uh, musculoskeletal stuff as a chiropractor, but, um, you know, it's all connected. Yeah. (laughs) So, it eventually goes back to, even if it's a hormone problem or if it's a pain problem, we can trace it all, um, kind of, and, and <laughs> like the root Word. cause, the right. root cause is going to, um, essentially be 
what connects all of these things, all right. these different symptoms, if you will. Right. It's like, uh, the, did you ever do the Walt, where's Waldo books? Yes. <laughs> it's like, where's yeah. Walt? Like, where's the root cause? Right. Like, yeah. Um, but I love that you brought up the idea of thoughts. Like, you know, you even said it like, and even your thoughts are connected. Like yeah. you could have seen Jenna when she said that she said it in a very woo woo way, like her hands were waving. <laughs> and, um, a lot of the times I feel like you've definitely heard the word woo woo probably Yo, described to this. Um, <laughs> And I feel like that's kind of the path that I take with nutrition because I'm of the same belief. Yeah. I'm I'm not in the medical medical field as you are, but yeah. we know nutrition, um, medicine, they're related. And mm-hmm. I'm a big proponent of our thoughts dictate everything. Yeah. And our thoughts are tied to what we think about food, what we think about our body, um, maybe eventually what disease surfaces. And I think a lot of the times that's deemed woo-woo. Mm-hmm. But... It's important to talk about because right. if something is going on in the brain, if mm-hmm. something is going on in our head and we just cover it up with something else and we don't actually talk about it, then that's not getting to Waldo. That's not getting to the root cause. Yeah. Um, but something that you brought up, and I think it's interesting, our personal experiences or where we were earlier in life, our yeah. interests, our searches for knowledge or answers, they really surface later on mm-hmm. for me at least, and I know for you too from previous discussions and from a lot of other people who are obviously passionate about their career, but these searches surface later on in things that we are interested in in our careers, Mm -hmm. in things that we're drawn to, in things that we put out into the universe, like you said. Um, So I'm curious, or I have a little knowledge from past discussion, but I want Mm -hmm. you to tell listeners, if you will, kind of what were those earlier questions, searches, quests for knowledge that you needed in your earlier life that ultimately drew you to the place you're at now with your career being a functional medicine practitioner? Yeah, so um, there's a few things. There was it's it's so funny to go back at your own, and look at your own timeline yeah. and trace the, True, the yeah. factors <laughs> and the triggers that led you. So like this timeline has also. Uh, a little box at the top that says, like, antecedents, triggers, and mediators. So, like, what's something that set you up for this problem? What triggered, you know, the disease process? And um, what's what's perpetuating it? Or what's, like, keeping it going? Or what's been, you know, shifting the progress of it? So, um, it's funny. As a kid, I'm the youngest in the family, and I just love performing. Like, I just always would put on little sketches with my cousins, and we would get in front of the camera and all this stuff, setting me up thinking, as a kid, I want to be on TV. I want to do, it's terrible, at eight years old, I wanted to be on Saturday Night Live, which, like, (laughs) no eight-year-old should be exposed to that kind of content, but here I am. Um, So, I, I loved performing, and it was just, yes. And then, um, I get further into school and, um, we'll say about middle school, I had my first like stage performance Mm -hmm. and I joined this club called Odyssey of the Mind. And it's a program that helps kids come up with creative solutions to problems. And they get a packet at the start of the school year called the problem. And it would be like a prompt or a topic. And then a team of like five to eight kids gets together and figures out what this prompt is. And they're going to solve the problem in a sketch. So okay. they ha- they can only use like $100 worth of materials to build the set, costumes, all of it. Um, and so they get li- limited resources and they have to make a beautiful performance out of it. 
There are other ones where like you have to build a structure that can withstand a certain amount of weight, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I loved this program. I loved Odyssey of the Mind. I loved it so much. Our team went to world level competition. We rise through the ranks wow. and went to world our first year ever doing it. And it was like, I love creative problem solving. Like this is it. It's like a puzzle. And so I'm like, okay, I like puzzles. I like creative problem solving. I like to be on TV. Then I figured out, oh, I like to write too. So I'll be a television journalist. Well, then I was like, I don't know. It's not really practical to be on TV. You know, as I got older, I was like, how am I going to make money? How am I going to like be happy and do both? Like, how do I strike gold on my life? And, um, I met this personal trainer who helped me, you know, lose weight and alter my diet and, and do amazing things just by changing my diet. And I was like, Oh, I like nutrition too. <laughs> and I like to, I can solve problems creatively using foods. Like you have a book on your shelf, uh, the encyclopedia of healing foods. I have the same book Yeah, because <laughs> foods are the best way to meet people where they're at. Everybody eats foods. Not everybody takes vitamins and minerals and supplements and right. isolated herbs. Like I do <laughs> like a crazy person. <laughs> um, but everybody eats, right? Yep. So and maybe people under eat, you know, but they're still, they still have this relationship with food, good or bad. Um, so I thought that that was a really cool medium to solve problems creatively, perform in a certain element. Thank mm -hmm. you, Instagram. Thank you, Facebook. <laughs> and writing, you know, thank you, Instagram. Thank you, Facebook and blogs and all that fun stuff. And um, it kind of just tapped into what I enjoy doing. And then, you know, we were talking about this before the show. I just recently took a little like personality quiz, um, by the good life project mm -hmm. and it's called finding your spark type. And it's like, there are 10 personality types or archetypes that run through everybody's DNA. One of them runs through everybody's DNA and that is what fuels their passion. So the guy who created this, John Fields, he's like a maker, you know, even though he does all of these amazing things for companies and setting them up and um, he loves building things. He loves building tangible things as well. Like he was paying thousands of dollars to go out remotely into like Amish country. I listened to that one. Yep. Yes. And, and make build like guitars. Yeah. Yep. He's like, I will pay thousands of dollars to pay, make a guitar that probably won't even pay as well or play as well as a, you know, industrial made guitar. But I love the process of building so much that I will sacrifice that quality of play to have my own, to light my own fire, you know? So, um, after the outcome of this, uh, sparkotype quiz was that I'm an advisor and I love giving advice to people. Um, albeit unsolicited sometimes. Like <laughs> I really have to like check myself. Um, but Instagram's honestly like an, a great platform. Cause like my latest video, I just popped on my Instagram story and started like ranting about a medicinal mushroom I was mixing into my coffee that made me feel like fantastic. Uh -huh. And, uh, it wasn't any paid promotion. It was just, I wanted to talk about lion's mane mushrooms and how they increase brain derived neurotrophic factor and make you smarter and have good at memory and like all that stuff. You know, I mean, it's just something that whether or not anybody else cares, I care. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I think, statistically, if you do it enough, you're bound to find someone else that cares. And that's when you've made your impact. So 
That lights me up. That lights my fire. Yes, most definitely. How I figured it out. Yeah, and I think, you know, a lot of times you can tell how someone is or who they are just by listening to them, and that's why podcasting is so great is because most people on a certain podcast platform are obviously brought there for a reason (laughs) because they're very passionate about a certain topic, and I think anyone listening can definitely tell that like when you're speaking, you're using your hand, you're like jumping out of your I'm, seat. I'm like frothing at the corners of my mouth. <laughs> she's like nutrition and she's like mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> but I totally agree. We were talking about this earlier, which I really want to find that quiz and take it yeah. because I'm interested to know what I am. But I think the underlying theme throughout that is... Um, you grew up in a certain way, mm-hmm. you found out the things that were important to you, you know, imagination, creative problem solving, theater, writing, all of these mm-hmm. things. And then, then you found like your profession, if yes. you will, the actual thing you were going to take, learn about in a structured environment to make a career out of it. Mm-hmm. But you didn't lose sight of every quality that you had that you loved mm-hmm. because you still apply it to your career in a way. Yeah. We were talking before we got on the podcast about this other podcast, <laughs> um, the Jonathan Fields, The Good Life Project, and how he is talking a lot about the thing that you love doesn't always have to be the thing that makes you money, right? Yes. But in our instance, if you can find that um, with something like nutrition, and a lot of times nutrition can be very boring. Yes. It's like <laughs> eat your vitamins and your minerals. Oh, and don't forget about protein, like the yeah. size of your palm is a serving, right? Yeah. Um, it can be very boring, mm-hmm. but it could be educational and that could be great for some people. But I think for people like us or anyone else who's listening, maybe like a Counting. Like, I don't know what it is that you like, <laughs> but if you can take that thing, the thing that you study in that structured environment and then apply your life to it, mm-hmm. your personality, your attitude, your spunk, whatever it is, yeah. then it makes it something that doesn't just make you a living, but it just makes your whole life, right? Yes. It's not something that I do because it's my career. And I know you would probably say the same. It's something that I do because it's me. Right. And I love it. Like, would you agree? I agree. And it's funny. Like, I think some people are like, well, I love performing. So I have to be like an actor or I love making. It's like I said to you earlier, I love gardening. So I have to be a farmer, but it's like, no, like, do you like using your hands? Do you like the scientific aspect of, you know, a plant going from seed to beautiful, you know, blooming masterpiece? Like Mm -hmm. find the, personality of your favorite thing and bring it, bring it to life through you, you know? And, and so, um, I don't know. I just didn't know why I loved being a functional medicine doctor, which is why I went through that quiz and it made complete sense and kind of validated, um, what I wanted to know about myself in a mm-hmm. sense, which like, okay, is, is maybe the drawback of certain personality quizzes. Cause you're like, selecting for what you like but I really genuinely think going into it as a blank slate and not knowing the different sparkotypes mm-hmm. before you take it makes a big difference um but also like this um this idea that what you do what you love what is your passion you know like I could have been anything right like I, if you, if we believe that all people are blank slates like Anybody can become anything. It's just what makes you shine when you're doing it, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think it's kind of falls along the lines of that saying that can be a little bit cliche at times, but I hear it all the time because you and I both know we're both Instagram, social media, and people will say like, oh, but that's so saturated. Mm-hmm. Like there are so many dietitians and coaches and people out there. How how are you going to make a business out of anything that's so saturated? Mm -hmm. And what I always reassure myself of, what I tell these people, what my coach reassures me of, it's like, yeah, Mm -hmm. it is saturated. There's a lot of people out there. There's billions of people in the world. (laughs) Of course, some are bound to like nutrition, but um, no one has ever said it in your Mm -hmm. voice. No one has ever brought your spark type. I don't know. Your spark. spark. Yeah, exactly. No one has ever brought your exact spark. To it. So Mm -hmm. how can you take what you're interested in, like book knowledge, I guess Mm -hmm. I can say, and then bring your spark or bring what you have to offer to that to make it your own creative thing. Yeah. So I love that. So this kind of like transitioned into like a weird little like self-help spiral, which is like I told her before we even started recording, like, you know, I'm a dietitian and I'd like to think that I talk about nutrition topics, but nine times out of 10, we transition into this like mystical, whimsical world of like how to be a better person, like how to bring your spark to things. Yeah. Um, but one other thing that I want to ask about, and this is like a total 180 of conversation, so people just buckle your seatbelts, like (laughs) it's fine. Um, one thing that you posted about earlier in the week, or maybe it was last week, and we'll talk about how people can connect with you on social media Mm -hmm. afterwards, but I think this is going to be a really pertinent discussion for the time of year this is going to come out. Mm -hmm. So Jen and I are recording this late in November. This is going to come out in December, but something that happens, something that I know happens to me, um, our moods change with the season. I know for me, when it's cold outside, especially when it's rainy, when it gets dark earlier, Mm -hmm. it is much harder for me to wake up in the morning and be like, you know, like I typically am, right? It's not that I have problem functioning or that I'm scared for myself, right? But it's just my mood is a little bit harder to elevate to the level that it typically sits at. But you were kind of talking about some natural remedies, some things to kind of help in this time of year to prevent you from always feeling like that. (laughs) Right. So that's the funny thing. Um, So this condition that you're kind of describing, um, depending on the severity, depending on the number of boxes you check uh, Mm -hmm. off of your symptoms, um, is categorized as what's known as seasonal affective disorder, or quite literally, sad. Sad. Oh, wow. Um, I'm sad. (laughs) So it's it's really easy to remember. Um, But... We don't know why it happens. There's something very intuitive about it in that, like, it's cold. I don't want to get out of bed. Like, let's not put a label on it, folks. But there is a shift that happens. So um, without getting too, like, esoteric, um, there is that desire to hibernate as humans, stay as comfortable as possible. You know, anything beyond that is... Uh, stressful. You know, you had Sam Miller on and, and mm-hmm. he was talking about good stress and bad stress and like what's excited versus what's terrified, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, so, um, a little bit of cold stress is actually good for us. It can make us a little euphoric, but day in, day out, chronically, like any stress, it sucks mm-hmm. and it drains us. Um, so I started doing some actual research on PubMed, um, Because I like to bolster all of my posts on Instagram with research evidence. Mm -hmm. So um, I think another thing that people get 
people give functional medicine flack for is not being evidence-based. And um, that's just not true. We're kind of evidence-informed. We take what uh, culture has taught us, you know, uh, medical culture has taught us. We take the current evidence and we kind of make a Franken, <laughs> make a Franken solution. A Franken solution. Yeah, yeah. A, a Frankenstein monster kind of solution. Um, but it's like way less dangerous, of course. Right. Um, so anyways, one of the theories that uh, could not be proven just yet, but is pretty, makes a lot of sense, is that as the sun gets further away from, or I'm sorry, we get further away from the sun. <laughs> Awkward. Right. Um, <laughs> sunlight uh, helps us produce vitamin D. Right. Vitamin D is actually a hormone that um, results in a number of different uh, chemical processes in the body, one of which being the production of serotonin from tryptophan. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a little chemical mediator in that process. And so we know serotonin is like our feel-good hormone, um, or feel-good neurotransmitter, rather. And um, when vitamin D levels are inadequate either through our diet or through our exposure to sunlight, um, that, that chemical process isn't happening as readily. So people literally will experience symptoms of depression, but it's only three to four months out of the year. Mm -hmm. So if it has a seasonal quality to it, you can pretty much bet that it is, um, it, it could be sad, or uh, it's going to take a little bit of self-awareness to check in. What are you going through? What's, what was painful? Like, I was intimately uh, introduced to SAD last year when um, my relationship shifted from being in person to long distance. Mm -hmm. And it was a really brutal winter. And um, I, I was... I was moved out of the clinic that I loved serving at into a clinic that I wasn't really expecting to be put at. So there were a number of factors in my life that bummed me out. Mm -hmm. And then it was really cold. And then the sun wasn't out ever. And I started to really feel disconnected from myself. You know, I had some very stereotypical symptoms of seasonal affective disorder being wanting to sleep all the time. Cravings for carbohydrate-rich foods, looking for that energy source um, because you're so fatigued, you're so bummed out, um, and and sp like spells of crying and anxiety and frustration and just lack of motivation, you know. So um, that was something that I, I was looking inward and I was like, okay, I'm grateful for all these things, and I'm still it's still not I'm still not breaking through that barrier. Something is going on chemically. Um, because I can't deconvince myself that everything's all right. Everything is going to be okay. So, um, they're not going to be okay. So I started taking, uh, pretty high doses of vitamin D mm -hmm. that I felt personally to my level was, was adequate. Um, and then I got a light box. So it, going through all the research, I discovered that vitamin D is actually not one of the most evidence-based therapies for seasonal affective disorder. It's actually bright light therapy or BLT. <laughs> um, so if you're sad, get a BLT. That's right. All. If you're sad, just get a BLT and you're done. <laughs> like bacon prices just, yeah, yep, yep. <laughs> sales just went through the roof. Um, so anyways, 
For seasonal affective disorder, bright light therapy was found to be one of the most effective complementary and alternative therapies. Um, and it's, it's a special box. You want to make sure you get a certain number of like lumens mm-hmm. and, um, it's, it's like the size of a vanity mirror, like that you put on your desk to do your makeup and it just, you turn it on and it is like bright white light. And so it's really fascinating. The science like you hear the angels it, yeah. in the background. Well, it's, it's <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you watch Broad City? No. Okay. So great show by the way. Um, but there is an episode where one of the characters is struggling with seasonal affective disorder, but uh-huh. she's trying to like detox her body and not take her antidepressants and right. like her body's a temple. So she's doing this bright locks or light light box therapy. So um, every time she would turn it on, like the angels would start singing, and she's like gasping in front of the side, like in front of the light, like oh my gosh, I need more light, and like. That was kind of how it was. Like, yes. I had a space heater on the floor, my light box, and I just sat in front of it for hours. I mean, like, my boyfriend came to visit me, and he we have videos of me, like, sitting in front of the light box, like, hi. <laughs> um, so, it's just, uh, that is actually the most um, researched alternative therapy for this thing. Interesting. Um, they cost, like... Honestly, I don't even want to quote what the price is because I'm not even sure, but they do sell them on Amazon uh-huh. um, and a few different, like, home good retailers, maybe, like, Bed Bath & Beyond yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, but you can just plug her in. You want to put it on, like, first thing in the morning and um, 10 to 20 minutes of exposure. So, like, if you are a morning coffee person, flip on your light box <laughs> and sip your coffee and... Um, you know, vitamin D levels are going to be important. Like, you can obviously get them tested through right. your physician. Um, but those optimal levels versus what is considered, like, clinically acceptable or not deficient um, vary quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So definitely do your research on that. I don't know what my level of being able to give recommendations No, yeah. Them. I mean, okay. it's like a general, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I think most labs will tell you anything over 30 nanograms per milliliter is fine. Mm-hmm. That's, like, pretty low. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in the research I've done and then clinically with some of the doctors I've mentored, they're they're pushing their patients to be 80 to 100. So it's quite a difference. Yeah. yeah, quite a jump there. Um, everybody's different, and mm-hmm. I definitely want to put that disclaimer out right, there that, like, you've, there are a number of factors. You're going to want to look at your, your, um, are you taking vitamin K? Are you doing things to offset that Mm -hmm. calcium balance that D3 does? Um, are you taking magnesium with it? You know, there, there are these synergistic factors that you want to be taking into account. Just don't like mega dose your vitamin D3. (laughs) Um, but finding a functional medicine practitioner that kind of guides you in that direction is a great place to start too. I got to say, um, you can go on the, on ifm.org, uh-huh. uh, and then click find a practitioner and you can find a certified, uh, practitioner in your area, or you can also find a practitioner who has taken, um, you can actually see how many functional medicine courses they've taken oh, cool. and where they're at in their certification process. So, um, they're really good about giving 
those doctors a platform to be found because mm-hmm. we're kind of in the weeds a little yeah. bit sometimes. Yeah. So. yeah, absolutely. And that's why I think podcasts and free information like this is so yeah. great because yeah. you could be listening to this podcast, you listeners out there. <laughs> yes, I'm talking to you guys and like staring at my computer like you're actually there. Like, right. I can see you. you. <laughs> I, can see, I see you over there listening yeah. in your car. Um, but you guys listening to this, maybe you're hearing this and maybe you're like, oh my God, that sounds like something that I also struggle with when it's winter, when it's cold outside. I feel mm-hmm. like I need to crawl into my corner and turn my light box on. Like, um, it can be great to help you identify maybe something that's going on that you've never thought of before. But of Mm -hmm. course, if you identify, Hey, raising my hand, I think that's me. Then of course, do your research. Mm -hmm. Um, know that everyone is different. Mm -hmm. Know that finding someone who can chart you, (laughs) who can look back into your history, who knows your body, who knows what your levels might need to be like Mm -hmm. is the most important thing because awareness always precedes change. And in order to make that change happen, you got to do it in the way that's right for you. Right? Absolutely. (laughs) Also, I'm going to like go to bed tonight with just like visions of myself sitting in the corner of my office (laughs) in like December with just like a light box on. Seriously? I need to put on my Christmas. Do it. It's a really cool thing. And it's like, it's amazing. It's, it works via your retina. Like your eye detects the light and then creates this whole cascade of chemical change that, um, you know, if you think about it in the winter, it's darker and the eyes are not picking up those signals of light, you know, as readily. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's also some research to support that women are more susceptible to this condition. Um, the fact that, um, what was I going to say? Uh, that, that women's vitamin D levels fluctuate more, Mm -hmm. more rapidly than men. So, um, a lot of factors, a lot of predisposing factors. Um, but I just, that's, that's what I've found in my research. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks for sharing. I love how this podcast was like self-help and then it's like, go get yourself a light box and get your vitamin D and all these different things. But, um, we are approaching our time mark. So first of all, before we wrap up, I want to thank you for your time today. Jenna is actually the first person. Um, as many of you know, if you've been listening, watching my Instagram stories, I moved into an office space recently and she's the first in real life IRL podcast person I've had sit across from me. So it went very well and you you are so welcome. And, um, I have two final questions before we wrap up. The first one is just, if anyone is hearing your message and they're like, this girl sounds cool, like (laughs) kind of like Claire's sense of humor, but more in a medical way. Um, how can they find you? How can they get in contact with you? Where are you hanging out these days? Yeah. First, if you think I sound cool, oh my God, thank you. Um, (laughs) and then two, uh, so you can find me on Instagram at cultivate wellness VA as in Virginia. Um, if you're in Roanoke, fabulous. Give me a call. I'm right off of Brambleton Avenue. 2702 Brambleton Avenue Southwest. <laughs> uh, to be specific, um, please don't show up at my doorstep. <laughs> That's weird. Um, but anyways, you can find me on Instagram at that. There will further lead you to my website. You can book appointments online. Um, as of right now, I am working out the specifics of telehealth services. So people who want to connect with me over the phone. Um, that's going to be a personal conversation. If you want to, if you're interested in something like that, 
as I said, I love creative problem solving, so we can totally <laughs> find a way to do this. Um, but that's where I'm at. That's what I'm doing. Um, also on Facebook as Dr. Jenna Montana. Yeah. Um, so those are my social platforms. Yeah, and to anyone listening, definitely check her out. I remember, you know, like that first moment when you discover someone's Instagram and you're like, oh, from a glance, this person looks cool. Let me investigate more. <laughs> and you, like, start to click on their highlight reel. You have one called, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's humor. Ah, uh, yes. And I clicked on it, and, like, the, the first one, it was, like, you, like, with a fridge. And, <laughs> yes. Like, you said something, and I was like, this girl is my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. She's, she's very funny, and um, in her doctor sense, as she told us, she is an educator, so I always learn a lot from reading her posts. She has cool topics, and they're always written in a way that's very true to her voice, <laughs> very true to her humor, so it's educational and entertaining. Everything comes full circle. You know why now. So... My last question for you today, the question I always wrap up with my podcast guests, you may know what's coming, but um, I do gentle nutrition. So it's a way to eat and to live um, in a way that gives you space to grow to the best version of yourself without beating yourself up along the way for every little thing that goes wrong. So I ask you, what do you do in your daily life to live a little bit more gently and kindly with yourself? Oh, honey. <laughs> um, if you'd have asked me this two years ago, I would have said nothing. Um, but I guess today, as I sit here with you, um, that's so funny. What do I do to be more gentle to myself? I, I have a lifelong like history of like self-deprecation and mm -hmm. um, I guess... Just being very, like, if you know anything about, like, the yin-yang, just uh -huh. being very yang or yang, yeah. you know. As, as very the, one or the other. Yeah, very, thing. like, fire on out all the time, which makes you most prone to burnout. Mm -hmm. um, but I think something that keeps me gentle is gratitude. Um, just really shifting that perspective of, like, woe is me. And that tendency to kind of go, woe is me, self-deprecation, oh, here I go again. And just saying, you have a lot in your life. You, the fact that you, it's a privilege to even, like, complain about this thing that you're whining about, like, mm -hmm. is, is the, the immediate reset button for me. It's like, it's a privilege that you can even whine about this. And that's, that's, like, kind of rough, if you think. It's, like, a little hostile tone, but yeah. it, for whatever reason, just resonates with me. Um, podcasts kind of saved my brain in a little way, um, and talk radio. I used to be very, like, jittery, having to go all the time, listening to music. Music was the only thing that was entertaining. And then when I realized that I could passively take in information while I'm doing things, um, and then it, that it can be in a self-help vein, that it could be something for my own betterment and my own mental peace, um, that's been something I've almost got addicted to. Like, mm -hmm. I, I can't have a moment of quiet. Um, if I'm doing a task, you know, I can sit and be quiet and it feels right. great. But there are moments where I'm doing tasks and I'm thinking to myself, gosh, I would love to be getting some, like, self, self-grooming in a way. <laughs> um, and so podcasts have been a major player in that. Um, yeah. There's so many good free resources that just, like, teach you how to be introspective and, like, teach you about the world and be an interesting person uh, that contributes. So that's something that's been 
really soothing and really um, impactful in my my process of lear- learning and knowing myself and yeah. being kinder to myself. Yeah. So gratitude mm-hmm. podcast. Yes. Gratitude for podcast. Yes. Too. I'm so grateful for podcast. <laughs> oh, you, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Well, all of you are obviously listening to podcasts if yeah. you're listening to this podcast, right. but if you have a friend, someone else who isn't enjoying all of the free resources out there through podcasts, right. connect them. If not even to this one, just a podcast. I'm yeah. the same way. There's so many resources out there, so many ways to passively take in information um, and just add more value to your day that yeah. wouldn't have otherwise been there. So. Yeah. Love your answer. Thank you you so much for your time and journeying to the office here today. Um, For anyone listening, if you loved what Jenna had to say, definitely find her on Instagram. She's educational, funny, informative. If you like what you're hearing, as always, on this podcast, shameless plug, make sure to leave us some stars, leave us a rating to indicate your level of likeness. leave us a comment, tell us what you learned from this episode. We'd love to know if you're going to buy yourself a light box. Oh, yes. (laughs) And um, if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out to either of us. But that is all we have for now. Yours truly, Jenna and Claire. Bye. (laughs) Thank you.